Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Hope you're all doing well on this rather gorgeous, very, very hot summer's day. Liam, are you enjoying the two days of summer? Yeah, it's extremely hot. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it being too hot and we wanted it to rain. <laughs> and now it's flipped again. And we're just going to start complaining about it now. But I'm, welcome I'm, to the British summertime. I'm, I'm never happy. That's uh, that's the, uh, you know, the, the the general trend. My wife will say the same thing, but whenever, whatever the weather is, I'm never happy. Um, so today we've got a, a slightly unique show. So uh, Liam and myself, what we're going to be doing over the, the coming months is we're going to be uh, kind of introducing a what we're calling a format of the month. So this is um, always going to be orientated around Dynasty, but the idea is we're going to try and bring to you some new kind of league formats, perhaps a, a slightly different setting, something like that. that won't always be its own show, but just something new that we feel we want to talk about and hopefully bring to you guys to, to get you thinking about some of your Dynasty leagues and, and home leagues. So uh, so today we're going to uh, we're going to start talking about Dynasty best ball. And uh, Liam and I got our got our heads together and thought, you know, who's who's the best person to come on as a guest when we're talking anything best ball? Um, and for most of you, you, you won't be shocked. Uh, so today we're we're joined by Tom uh, or T Strack or Best Ball UK NFL, uh, as I'm sure most of you will know him. Uh, so Tom, how how are you doing? Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, just enjoying the constant feeling of sweating for the last few days. <laughs> It's nice that you're uh, you're going to continue the trend of moaning about the weather. Uh, so, so how many? Here's here's the big question, Tom. How many best ball drafts have you got going on at the moment? Because your your appetite for best ball is uh, is mind blowing. I got I got down to single digits again for the first time in about a month this weekend. So, <laughs> at the minute, I've got four or five slow drafts on DraftKings going, and then. Just two on sleeper at the minute. Okay, I have to say, I I feel like a degenerate because I basically have always got one or two 
drafts, whether they be startups or mocks or things going on. But then whenever I talk to you and hear the volume of drafts you've got going, it always makes me feel better. Yeah, but the problem you'll have is coming to deal with them in September, whereas I'll just sit back and wait <laughs> for winnings. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very true. Um, so, Tom, before we kind of dive into the subject, I, I think, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice for the listeners to, to kind of know a little bit more about you and, and kind of your content and that sort of thing. So, I mean, how long have you been playing uh, kind of fantasy football for? Okay, so, yeah, I started playing fantasy football probably about six years ago now in the kind of classic home league setting, single QB, one flex position, very, you know, working off the NFL fantasy app and particularly fancy. And it was probably... A, only really last year where I went full degenerate when COVID <laughs> lockdowns happened and everyone started looking for one more draft, one more draft. And that I was when I first... That. Yeah. And so last year was where I first really got into Dynasty. Before that, I'd played plenty of DFS and I'd played several redrafts a year, kind of. But uh, yeah, now, now I'm all the way in in every format, pretty much apart from Devi, which uh, seems a little too deep. We'll get we'll get you there eventually, Tom. Don't worry. <laughs> to be honest, Tom, I thought you were going to say you started off in best ball, not not another home league. <laughs> no, I mean best ball was one of those formats that I remember hearing about a few years ago, and it just sounded like the kind of perfect thing. It's like draft, and for me, one of the highlights of the year was always my home league's draft day. You know, we'd get together; it'd always be a lot of a lot of fun, and the idea of being able to do drafts and then not have to use worry about the in-season roster management that pulled me in straight away. But for so long, you couldn't really do much of it over here. So it was really only last year where best ball kind of sprout up in the UK a lot more. So, Tom, obviously, if people know you on Twitter, they're going to know what uh, content you do. But for the listeners that probably haven't heard about you before what what is the type of content that you do do you do a podcast do you do articles i know that you've got one piece of content both me and rich absolutely love every time you put out those lovely lovely stack uh, stack charts so what else do you offer yeah so during the season i pretty much just tend to write about dfs weekly i do a weekly deep dive column that seems to grow longer every week and i really dig in on stats based stuff there uh uh, DraftKings DFS. During the off season, I turned back my focus to best ball, and I'm not somebody who be like the most analytically minded takes. I can't give you the best breakdowns of players, but what I do from spending a lot of time in drafts is being that familiar with ADP and looking at ADP. It's trying to find ways to, to take advantage of that ADP. So every couple of weeks, I put out team-by-team team stacking charts where you can see based on the latest ADP for DraftKings, Underdog, Sleeper, uh, and FFPC, how difficult it is to stack each team. And I don't think before I started doing that earlier this year, too many people had really triggered the idea that, okay, well, we spend all this time looking at ADP, we spend all this time talking about stacking. Why are we not displaying it team-by-team team in these kind of easy bite-sized ways? Then along with that, I write various articles whenever they pop into my head, normally about best ball and uh, stacking a lot of the times. That's something I really believe helped a lot in best ball. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I jokingly call you the stacking king. And uh, I think it's a very apt name because, you know, we, we I remember us talking about the, the stack charts a couple of months ago and it's you know it's a fantastic unique piece of content and it's certainly proved hugely useful for me I'm, I'm never going to sit here and claim to be you know a best ball degenerate or a best ball expert but the few best ball leagues I've been in it's been very useful for for all the different you know platforms and things like that do, do you have of all those platforms you know there's so many different platforms out there now that you can play dynasty redraft and best ball and everything on do you, do you have a favorite platform yeah, I'd say Sleeper for me. It's one of those apps that I know some within fantasy football community say that the website experience isn't quite as good as MFL. But for me, Sleeper just functions so perfectly for 95% of the things I want to do for it. And this year with them releasing best ball scoring format, it 
so easy for me to host best ball leagues and to say, right, this league is going to be a super flex league. This league is going to be a super flex league with seven flex players. This one's going to be, you know, any kind of variant on that and tweak scoring. So it's big play bonuses or similar. And yeah, having it all on sleeper. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of leagues. How how big is your sleeper list of leagues? How long are you talking? It, it goes down a long way. There's a lot of scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's where that's where it's a, a a benefit that it's best for, isn't it? Having to try and set all those lineups on a Sunday, I can imagine, would be very stressful. Well, that's it. You've just got to make sure the dynasty leagues are right at the top and the redraft, so you remember which ones you need to be paying attention. Put <laughs> all the best ball down at the bottom, keep them out of the way during the season, and just check on them now again. The sleeper, if you're listening, you need to introduce those folders that I've been asking for months in the league menu so you can put them away nicely. Um, so, Tom, we're going to put you on the hot seat here. Give us one hot take. It can be anything, be Dynasty, Redraft, ADP-based, because I know you've probably got those to the back of your hand at this point. What hot take are you willing to give us for this season? Not a big I'm not normally the kind of, I don't throw out a lot of hot takes and I'm normally on Twitter ranting about people just throwing out hot takes without <laughs> facts to back up. That was your chance. Because I know you asked for it. I'm, I'm going to say that Kyler Murray won't finish as a top five QB this season. Wow. I just I break my heart. That's shocking. That, that, is, that is fire. What, what, okay. What's the reasons? Right. Well, you know that as a Ravens fan, I'm back in Lamar to be in that. That's, that's fine. There's four Josh other people Allen, that can be in the top five. Dak, you could make an argument for Justin Herbert. And then, you know, there's a whole host of other people who can make it. I'm just so out on the Cliff Kingsbury experience. I remember in his first season, in a game against the Ravens, kicked two field goals inside the 10 Very, very close. Such a painful experience to watch this coach being so timid. And I don't feel like it's gotten any better from there. That's fair. And bringing in dusty corpse of AJ Green is going to unlock the passing game, in my opinion. I I'll be honest. I don't I don't disagree with anything you've said there. But I've I've been diving into the Warren Sharp football book this week, and uh, and in it they, he's got a stat in there that in terms of EPA uh, that Kyler Murray's EPA per rush was ten times better than Derek Henry's. Um, and that, that to me, says everything. I think Kyler Murray is an absolute freak with his legs. And I think that rushing upside is, you know, you're baking in, for me, top five play at a very worst. I'm, I'm, you know, I think Kyler Murray is my QB three in redraft. Um, I'm, I'm very much think he's a top five QB. So as, as we're talking rushing quarterbacks, Tom, the most important question that we've got for you all evening, your life depends on it. You've got a five-yard rush to win the Super Bowl. I've realised I'm saying this. I, I already know the answer, but if you can pick one person to have that five-yard rush, who's it going to be? Well, I'm going to go against who you think it'll be, and I'm going to say Gus Edwards. Ooh, okay. I, 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 I was I was already penciling in Lamar there. Yeah, and and that'll just feed trolls and the whole. You know, he's not a QB, but <laughs> Gus Edwards. No matter what you need him to get, that man is going to get you five yards. An absolute powerhouse, and I was so glad to see we paid him this offseason. Yeah, no, hard, hard not to love the Gus Bus. I think he's perennially underrated, perennially un- undervalued, um, and I'm, I'm really excited that you know he's he's stayed in town and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get some more usage. So diving into then the the kind of dynasty best ball. So. You know, it's it's a it's a relatively new format, I think. Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but tell the yeah. listeners what, what what is a dynasty best ball. So, I mean, you you're definitely right in terms of how it's a relatively new format. Before this season, it's been if you wanted to play it, your options were FFPC, who offered dynasty best ball. But it's quite a restrictive format. You have 26-man drafts, but then before the season, you have to cut down to 16 players, which is a really, really small roster size. I believe people have been playing on MFL. I, I myself, I, I don't play on MFL unless I absolutely have to because I just can't get my head around the interface. The 
it really wasn't something that you could go and pick up in a lot of places. But now that Sleeper have added best ball scoring alongside the Dynasty formats, I think it's really going to kick on and grow. And the moment where Sleeper put out that they were going to do that, the first thing I wanted to do was bring together a group of players who I thought would be like-minded in terms of wanting to play Dynasty, but also appreciate the best ball side of it. And experiment with that league this year so so far that's the only dynasty best ball league that I've commissioned I'm kind of treating it as an experiment for it works well then I'll start commissioning more of them next season uh, so I mean to give you listen the kind of idea of how it differs from regular best ball instead of it just being graft and forget I felt like that's a little too restrictive because in Dynasty, you've got so much that you can do and so much of it is about tweaking that roster over time. So we had a 28-man draft and then 10 days before the season, we're going to cut down to 24 players. So, And then that set of players which will then be released into the player pool will all be available for waivers seven days before the season. Each team's got one IR spot for the season. And then after that initial waiver run, waivers will open once every four weeks. So I think it's kind of finding that balance of sitting back from complete week-by-week roster management to having the benefits of best ball, but still being able to dip in and go, right, right now I need to make some decisions. I'm to sell and build towards next year. Or... I just grab this player off the waivers and be cheeky and get in there before others. Um, and alongside the waivers, there's trading available all year, which might be something that different leagues choose not to use. It might be something that people find a bit a bit too much, but I'm interested to see how it plays out in ours. So I know you said in there, Tom, that you try to keep it best ball related, but then add the dynasty aspect in there. One of the big things with dynasty is trading. And I know everyone loves the trade. Can you still trade within dynasty best ball? Yeah. And I think it depends on the format. And I know a lot of people are starting to dip their toes into these dynasty best ball. They make their own decisions about that. For me, that was kind of important because if you get six seven weeks into the season and it's beyond obvious that you are not contending season is going to be a write-off for you. I think it's important that you should be able to make the trades and position yourself for a better year next year. But with sleepers, you know, their interface allowing you to tweak all these things, I've no doubt that some people will lock it and treat it as a dynasty in the off-season and then during the season, let it be best ball only. So, so is it still are you in a dynasty best ball? Are you still setting up those weekly matchups? Are you still having those head-to-head matchups, or is it a, you know, for for kind of our American listeners, that sort of rotisserie league where it's a bit like the, the Premier League stuff, where it's accumulating points and and then you have a playoffs. How how does the sort of that best ball element work? My preference is always total points scored at the end of the season in best ball leagues. I think, yeah, I think it works. Straightforward, it's going to give you a nice one to 12 for a reverse draft order next year as well. And I think rather than worrying about who you're beating in a matchup every week, it's just score as many points as you can each and every week at the end of a season. Those points wins money, simple as that. Yeah, easy. So, I mean, what what's so if you were to give us a big sell in terms of Dynasty Best Ball, so what would you say are the benefits of Dynasty Best Ball over a traditional Dynasty League? Okay, so I think one of the big things with particularly the Twitter fantasy space that we're a part of, everybody has their takes. Everyone likes to be right on their players. Everyone is convinced that they know how that player is going to play out. But it's so hard in redraft of Dynasty right about, say, like Liam, I know you're a massive Mari Rogers fan. How many weeks yeah. do you think you're going to start Amari Rogers Zero. and feel good about it? Zero. But, exactly. But in best Don't ball, crush my heart now, Rich. Come on. <laughs> Just speaking straight facts. 
But in best ball, there's none of that worry. So sit back, you've got Amari Rodgers sat on your bench, and then in week 12, when he randomly goes off for two touchdowns and 120 yards, that's it. He's in, and you get to take your victory lap on Twitter, saying <laughs> fit player for Dynasty best ball. Didn't have to worry about starting him. And everyone is going to be happy. Apart from the person that you that the uh, computer just put him against. Definitely. But I think that's something which a lot of Dynasty players are going to come to really appreciate about Dynasty best ball over the next year or two. And I think, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but 10 minutes before kickoff on a Sunday is so incredibly stressful when those late news drops and you're going through and it's like, I set my lineup in that team. Did I set my lineup in that team? The beauty of best ball is all taken care of. No matter what happens, you're going to set the highest possible score for you. You don't have to worry about it. See, I think for me, I I don't know if I'm just weird and, and unique, and I just I just don't have that stress. For me, I I have a process. I do my rankings at 90 minutes before kickoff. I go, I finalise my rankings, and then I work through every single one of my leagues, and I set every line up, and it's very much process driven. And yeah, I'm, I'm probably weird and and slightly unique, and I completely take any emotion out of it, any stress out of it, because I know my process. I follow my process. There's no, I don't like look at other people's lineups and, and think, oh, I need, I need a bit more here. It's as simple as if I've ranked X player over Y player, I'm starting X player. And it's as simple as that. And, and that's, that's how I live. So for me, that 90 minutes, yes, it's a bit manic and it's a bit, you know, let's be honest, I'm in far too many leagues to set lineups for, but I try and just follow my exact, exact process. Uh- I just don't buy that this isn't stressful for you, Rich. You've got young kids. I've got young kids. Like Sunday evening, it's carnage. <laughs> take, take Whereas in the UK at 6pm, I'm either cooking Sunday dinner or try to get the kids into the bath. Try to set your lineup whilst doing that. It's a nightmare. <laughs> well, this this is true. I, 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 know, I have a fantastic wife. I take myself off and disappear for 20 minutes. And, uh, and that's what I do every Sunday. <laughs> I honestly have no idea how you take the emotion out of it, Rich. I'm there, a quivering mess after the 15 minutes before. No idea what I'm doing. Uh, so, what? So, do you go into a dynasty best ball draft with a specific strategy, or do you let the draft come to you? Um, and I suppose, how does that change between normal dynasty and how does it like come back to best ball? How do they differ? I suppose is the question. Okay, so I would say this year I've gone into best ball drafts in a much more flexible mindset than in previous years. I think it's still quite a young format compared to Dynasty and Redraft, and more and more data each year about win rates based on how you construct your roster. Obviously, Dynasty best ball is younger than that. So for me, it was about going in and trying to grab a couple of young stacks, get going in and saying, right, I want to prioritize having two pass catchers who I would call easily, if not wide receiver one, definitely wide receiver two at the end of the year, and their QBs. And with a Dynasty best ball draft, obviously, you've got the flexibility trade around the draft board and make sure that can happen. I think stacking in Dynasty best ball is slightly less important than in regular best ball, where if I come out of a draft without a single stack in best ball, I'm concerned about my team. I know it's become quite an on-trend topic to talk about where the stacking matters, but I'm firmly in camp that it does, and I think there's enough people out there backing that up. In Dynasty, I don't think you need to go in and say, right, I need to come away with the wide receiver one on this team, the wide receiver two, and the quarterback. I think, I know the draft we did, Rich, you took Kelsey and Mahomes in it, and then later on added Cornell Powell. And that's the kind of. I was one pick away from the dream stack of Kelsey Hill, Kelsey Hill and Mahomes. I was, that was talking about taking the emotion out. I was fuming at that point. So those are the kind of stacks that I target more in these type of leagues where it's like, right, I want to get an elite pass catcher with my quarterback 
And then later on, if I can add these boom bust players, who when they do go off, I'm going to get the quarterback value and that person value. And that's, I think, the way to prioritize stacking in Dynasty, as long as you're not slaughtering ADP and several rounds ahead of where you should be do it. And are you, I mean, for, for me, I, I, you know, we, we talk about positional value and, you know, the, the, the difference between a redraft and a best ball league and, and how you can have that positional value because of you're not having to try and pick those being boom weeks is huge. Do you think in a dynasty best ball, there is still that difference in, in kind of positional value? I think so. And I think it's much like a lot of savvy dynasty players see the benefit in wide receivers over running back. It's still prioritising those pass catchers over the likes of, right, well, I need lots of running backs because running backs get injured. Find later on in that stock up on them on the kind of late round ones. And, you know, grab the guys like Darrell Henderson, clearly going to be beneficial. It's really making sure you hammer the wide receivers in those mid to late single digit rounds. And probably important to be talking, whereas normally in a 20 round best ball draft, I hate taking more than three quarterbacks. And the only time I'll do it is if I've messed up and grabbed two in the same bye week. But here, it's definitely worth taking that fourth quarterback in the realm of somebody like Jordan Love or Davis Mills by them. But- I think I think it's really interesting that you say about having a wide receiver because you know I'm I'm quite strong in terms of my belief in that in Dynasty, you know, 75% of your bench should be the running back position because it's such a you know a volume based position that when we see those injuries, they're the players that are gonna boom in terms of value and they're the players that we're going to see those you know massive spikes in value that you can then either use to start or move on but as you said with a a dynasty best ball where you're not having to try and predict those boom weeks from those wide receivers it is interesting that that kind of late round wide receiver becomes so much more valuable than those late round running backs yeah and i think i think those late round running backs are still valuable it's just about for me, I guess it comes down to how you're building and saying, you know, right, if I'm taking if I'm taking two running backs in the first two rounds, if it was a single QB, then it's not coming back to that position for quite a while and saying, right, now I have to prioritize wide receivers because these top wide receivers are gonna disappear. And you know, I know you dived into zero wide receiver argument lately, Richard. <laughs> Like, if you miss out on the top 24 or so wide receivers, for me, it just becomes a sea of mediocrity and it might get you there. But I prioritize those types of guys personally, and then later on, yeah, come back and pick up the group running backs who will help you and will provide trade value like you would normally want in a dynasty. So I suppose one question that I really wanted to ask, because we haven't covered rookies at all so far, apart from you mentioning my love for Amari Rogers. Um, how do rookie drafts differ in Dynasty Best Ball? Do you only look at the upside of players or are you trying to find that floor as well? I think for me, and this is probably still because I come out from a best ball win now mentality, going to be what's going to help me win immediately unless my team is really deep deep in the bid it's going to be what's going to help me now if everything goes right with my team that's mentality i would take in the best ball drafts i'm not worrying about suspended again i'm saying but when will flow was right will flow was incredible and so right if everything goes right with my team will this piece be into the winning circle. And I think that's, you know, I, I differ slightly with my kind of rookie belief of I'm, I'm all about that three-year window and I think I'm, I'm going talent and, and kind of potential upside over win now. I'll always take, in my eyes, the better prospect rather than 
the one that's perhaps landed in the best situation that'll be able to to kind of perform year one, I guess. Um, but it's it's interesting that, as you said, whether it's just a, a difference between yours and my mentality, or, or whether it's a difference between sort of traditional dynasty and and traditional best ball. Yeah, and I think I think that's completely fair. I would say I try. It's probably me trying to play more to what I feel is my strength in, in best ball, whereas. I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody who watches a lot of college tape. I don't watch film and try to break it down. I won't ever be putting out rookie prospect because that's just not where my strength lies. So for me, it's coming into those rookie drafts, having spent a bit of time reading about the prospects, coming in with opinions of people who I trust, and then based on the landing spots that I like, then saying, right, what's going to help my team right now? Because, I mean, we've seen it today. How many teams have been ruined by Cam Akers going down injured? I, I know I've lost six teams, but I might as well not look at it again for the rest of the season because yeah, round one, round two, pick gone. Well, that's, you know, you, sh- you should be hosting your own podcast here, Tom, because uh, the, the, the next topic was to, to seamlessly transition into talking about the massive news that has broken today, and that's that Cam Akers has ruptured his Achilles and, and you've just gone and, and done that step for us. So, you know, maybe you should be hosting me and Liam should be, uh, should be your guests, but <laughs> how, how, what, what, what's your kind of takeaway from the news today? I think it's, it's clearly Daryl Henderson's backfield. He's got the chance to impress. He's going to go into training camp and clearly he'll have the opportunity. Clearly, they must feel okay with the young options they've got behind them. In uh, I can't remember his name, Funk. So you got you got Jake Funk, which is the seventh round pick this year. You've got Raymond Calais, which was the Bucks seventh round pick last year. And then I know football guys have been banging the drum for Xavier Jones, who was an undrafted free agent in 2020. Their suggestion that he's the he's the one B in that offense, which I'll be honest, I count myself a bit of a degenerate when it comes to running back back fields and depth charts, and uh, yeah, seeing Xavier Jones was uh, was a new one to me. So I, I I need to go away and watch some Xavier Jones college film. I think I think it's been a particularly emotional one for everybody today because it's the first season-ending skill position injury of the year. There's been a lot of you know, tears on Twitter, but it really, it doesn't change my approach at all. I'm not suddenly going to start drafting handcuffs from my running backs. I'm not going to start worrying about the prices of running backs who I like. It's go get the guys who you know have league winning potential. Go get other teams, RB2s, so that when RB1s like this go down, suddenly you've got more running backs you're going to start and play every week. But I mean, it doesn't change anything. The cold, harsh reality that more injuries are coming. Yeah, and I think it's it's a particularly emotive one because Cam Akers has been so heavily debated. Obviously, you know, we've seen that pretty tiny sample size last year. People were fully expecting him. You know, he, he was up in the, as a late first in terms of ADP, which to me was just absolutely bonkers. Um, but some people, you know, were banging the drum saying that he's going to be a top five running back. I mean, Liam, are you... I know you, you're, you're not the biggest Acres fan. Do you think, you know, where, where's the ceiling on Henderson now it, it is potentially his backfield? Yeah, um, I think Henderson has got everyone to prove wrong now. And I think he he's not going to be, say, like what we expect Najee Harris to be. We, we expect him to be this workhorse back. And if... Henderson does go into that role. I don't think he's going to do as well as people are expecting him to. I'm hoping that one of the the three we've already mentioned as backups to Henderson now um, takes some of that takes some of that responsibility um, and some of those touches away. Because if they don't, we we've already seen that Henderson does have injury concerns. He he. Last year he got injured a couple of times and it derailed his season here and there. Then he ended up on IR to the end to the end of the season. So 
I think it's definitely his job to lose. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, are the Rams going to actually bring in a veteran running back um, or are they going to leave it to one of these seventh round picks? I think, I know, Tom, you you were, were tweeting about it earlier today about how they're talking that the Rams are happy with their backfield. I think for me, I read that as saying the Rams are happy with their backfield going into camp because I'm fairly confident that one of these, you know, the, the big names out in free agency, whether it be Lev Bell or, you know, Adrian Peterson or, or Todd Gurley coming back for a union, that those guys aren't interested in coming and spending, you know, a month of training camp. And, and quite frankly, all they're going to do is they're going to come in and take snaps off seventh round rookie picks, undrafted free agents that could potentially show you something. So I'm fully convinced that the Rams will add one of these veteran pieces, those big names that are set out there that, you know, are quite frankly, probably over here, we're not going to do anything. But I'm convinced they're going to add one. But I don't think we're going to see it for at least probably a month, if not closer to two. Um and and then it'll be a you know last week of of the preseason as we're getting towards roster cutdowns. I think they'll probably add someone then. Do you do you think that that's the case, Tom, or do you think they'll add someone sooner rather than later? I, I think you're completely right with that, Rich. I think the Rams aren't asset rich. You know, they've traded away all their picks. They can't afford to go out and trade for somebody. They're uptight against the cap, and so all the talk that you know the salary cap isn't real. We've we've seen it. They lost they lost their safety to the Browns. They've you know they're struggling to add other players. I can't see them adding anyone of note. And yes, you could say Todd Gurley or Lev Bell or you know one of the Texans running backs when they get cut could come in and do a job there. I just think the Rams' approach should be to sit back, let it all shake out, see what happens elsewhere and then pick up somebody on the cheap and roll with that behind Daryl Henson. I completely agree. I did see someone propose that the the Rams trade a third-round pick to the Jags for James Robinson, which I'd, I'd love to see purely because I think Twitter would literally implode. But um, there is no way the Rams have got the draft capital to be throwing around third-round picks for uh, you know someone like a James Robinson. I think you've got more chance of seeing somebody like Melvin Gordon end up there. And and let's be honest, someone like Melvin Gordon could easily be, you know, a cap casualty, could easily be a training camp cut if Javonte Williams shows out as the real deal and the Rams can add someone like that for, for next to nothing. You know, we see it every year. We see it every year, you know, Lev Bell getting cut by the Jets and and he, yes, okay, he, he didn't do anything for the Chiefs, but, you know, he went and added, added himself to the Chiefs and, and was basically free for the Chiefs. That was a very cheap contract they ended up adding for. Yeah, and importantly, killed less value <laughs> very true so most important question as we're a dynasty show then guys so so what are you guys doing in terms of acres value what are you doing with him if you roster him and and equally what what are you then doing with henderson i mean for me i i don't own acres in any any dynasty leagues for minutes so it's not a problem i'm having to worry about but i'd be concerned about a running back coming back from an Achilles and in the best ball leagues I'm in I say fortunately I'm just kind of writing those ones off already as boss What about you Lim? Yeah so I'm the same as Tom in, in Dynasty Leagues I haven't touched Acres that is ADP um, I think if you've got him you've got a hold at this point I don't think selling him now is going to do anything Um and then Henderson-wise, I think it's wise to have a look outside of or at, at your league and see whether you can try and trade him for a, a peak value, really, because he, he could go up if he goes mental during the season. But equally, if he doesn't, he's going to drop in value by a lot. So what are you thinking about, Rich? Do you agree with those, those so- sentiments? So for me, I'm I'm properly scared about cam makers. I'm I'm pretty much I'm not panic selling, but I'm gonna try if I'm honest and get whatever I can for him. Um, I just to give you an idea, I dropped him. He was my RB thirteen in my ranks. He is now my RB thirty nine. Um, 
I just I just don't see a world in which he maintains value. I think that this is, you know, yes, he's young. Yes, he's early in his career. Yes, he, you know, he's going to miss his second year. He'll be back for his third. But for me, running back is a position of what have you done for me lately? And running back is so important in terms of explosivity. And we, we've just not seen people recover from this Achilles injury. Um, so for me, you know, I've, I've seen people saying I wouldn't sell acres for a first in Superflex. If someone's offering me a first for acres, I'm, I'm absolutely biting their hand off. Yeah, I'm snapping that as well. To be brutally honest, if I'm if the best I can get is a second round pick for Cam Akers right now, I'm taking it. I don't I don't think I think you can get more than a second round pick for Cam Akers. Um, because I think he still holds that name value. I think people will think, you know, it was like Barkley last year. Oh, well, I'll wait a year and he'll come back and and I can still go and buy him. But for me, I'm I'm properly scared. And I think that it's a case of I will get whatever I can for Akers right now. Um, and if that's, you know, a second plus, then I'm quite happy. I'd, quite frankly, I'd rather take someone like a Mike Davis straight up over Cam Akers right now, because at least I know I'm going to get a year of usage out of Mike Davis. I have no idea with Cam Akers. I think you have to kind of consider when he's going to be fully recovered. You talked about an eight to nine month recovery period. And by that point, the Rams are going to be gearing right up for... You know, we're going to be past the draft. They're going to have to make decisions by then whether they're, they're going to keep their, Errol Henderson. I'm sure, Richie, you know better than I do what his contract status is or whether to bring in somebody else. And I just I wouldn't be confident that next March, April, in there, we can be confident in Acres' role. Yeah, I mean, you know, Acres should have some security because he's, he's obviously got his four-year rookie contract. He's not a free agent until 2024. Obviously, Daryl Henderson was drafted the year before, so he's a free agent in 2023. So chances are Cam Akers is likely going to come back and have two years left on his rookie deal. The question I've got is that, yes, this is an eight-month recovery. Not I've seen eight to 12 months quoted around. But that's then to, to backplay him. That's not to fully fit and, you know, at back at his elite level. We talk about an ACL being an 18-month injury when you're back to full fitness. And yes, Cam Akers could easily be back playing in time for training camp next year, but is he going to be Cam Akers again? Or is he going to be a slight shell of himself? And, and for me, I'm, I'm quite frankly, as I said, I'm, I'm properly scared. I'm getting out where I can. I don't think I need to sell him as cheap as I would, but to be honest, I, you know, as I said, I'd take a second for him. In, in regards to Daryl Henderson... How how high are you jumping on him, Tom? Do you think his his ceiling? I've seen, you know, high end RB two value quoted around. Where do yeah. you think he can go? What would you be comfortable paying for him in a dynasty format? I mean, I'm I'm not the best at trading in dynasty formats. <laughs> that's definitely a weakness within my game, and something I need to pay more attention to. But to give you an idea, in the best ball street before. We jumped on. I was watching the Underdog Fantasy Show, and Hayden Winks, somebody I respect an awful lot, said he was going to retire as RB15 for this year. Seems high to me. When it happened, I thought that by the end of today, we'd start seeing Errol Henderson going in the sixth and seventh round, which seemed about right in that kind of area where Miles Gaskin would be going before you get the likes of Michael Carter and that's getting a bit grim but already people are taking him in third and fourth rounds and <laughs> that I mean, is outrageous yeah and it's been there's been so much writing this year about the running back dead zone and how many failures come in that area every year and I'd be surprised if this time next year in best sports specifically we're not looking at both Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson fitting in that running back dead zone between rounds three and rounds eight, avoids in dynasty. Like you say, time to get rid of him. Yeah, are you, what what are you selling him for, Liam? What 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 would you be comfortable letting him go for? Um, I think to be honest, at the moment, I'm probably letting him go for any first that comes my way. If I'm not getting offered a first, I'm probably holding until the season until someone has another injury. Um, on their team and they they feel like they can push and then I might sell him then. Um, and I think that's where I'm kind of 
where I kind of am with acres as well. Maybe the price is different. Um, but I think if you hold acres till the off season next year, when he is coming back, all those workout videos are coming out saying that he's in the best shape of his life and he's making some cuts and whatever. That's when I'm selling. I, I don't expect to take either of them into next year, put it that way. Yeah. I think for me, I'd be happy paying a second for Daryl Henderson right now. Um, I've got him ranked in my tiers. So he's the tier below Michael Carter and Trey Sermon. So obviously they were kind of early second round picks last year. So I'm happy paying pretty much any second for him. Um, if someone's offering me a first for Daryl Henderson, I'm snatching their hand off. I've seen a few people saying that on Twitter today. There is, yeah, give me, give me any first for Daryl Henderson, quite frankly. I think that's outrageous if, if you're able to get that. I do think it's interesting. This is, you know, something we had uh, a chat we had earlier with Murph in terms of, I think at the moment, people aren't panicking with this injury as much as they would if it was in season. I think, you know, if you see a, a big running back go down in season, there is mass panic and, you see trades flying around all over the place. I think at the moment, if if someone had Cam Akers on their roster, then they're looking at their bench and they're probably looking at a you know a Mike Davis or a James Connor or someone like that and going, oh, actually, I can just pencil him in and I, I can make do. I think because we're not in season, because those you know fringe RB two RB three types aren't not producing, you're not those rosters aren't feeling those pinch. So I think you're not, whilst people think, oh, I can go and buy Cam Akers on the cheap or I can, you know, sell Daryl Henderson massively over the top. I think people aren't feeling the pinch because they're not having to set those weekly lineups. And I think that for that reason, they're probably both a hold. Um, but as I said, I, I'm, I'm quite keen to get rid of Cam Akers because I'm very concerned. So, um, so Tom, I mean, where remind us where where can we where can we read your work? Obviously, we we talked a little bit about your stack charts. Where where can everybody see them? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter pretty much all the time at Bestball UK NFL. Uh, my team stacking charts are always pinned to my profile during the off season. You can find a thread of them for each different format depending which uh, you want to use them for. Let's see, there's Bestball for. Uh, for underdog, for DraftKings, and FFPC, or you can find sleepers, superflex format as well, which is handy, particularly if you're going into redraft season now. That redraft full PPR stack will help no end there. Or you can find my website, nflbestball.co.uk, and on there you can find a variety of articles, intro to best ball or whatever. In a league, I have quite a few leagues through sleeper, and you'll be able to find out more information on there. Fantastic. And uh, and before we go, Liam, we've um, you know we, we're proud to to tease the the five yard rush listener leagues. Um, so we're going to have I think there's sixteen leagues in total. I think fifteen or sixteen. Um, they are going to be everyone is a slightly different format. There's going to be a sign up page on the on the website. So we have got flex frenzy there's gonna be franchise frenzy there's gonna to be touchdown only a, a, a very old school league we're gonna have idps i know liam's gonna run an auction league i'm gonna be running a blind auction league which i toyed with last year which was great fun um but we are also launching liam our dynasty listener league so did you want to um i guess i guess tease a little bit about perhaps some of the the format that we're gonna have there so me me and Rich have been extremely, um, I wouldn't say argumentative, but there's not a better word for it. Um, we've been trying to figure out how to get a dynasty format to have turnover for the listeners. And so what we've come up with is to have the bottom six teams, so the six teams that don't make the playoffs, we'll have those owners removed and we'll replace them with new ones. And there's going to be an element of a dispersal draft or stealing players. I'm not going to um, tease much more than that, but it's going to be extremely fun. And I have no idea how it's going to turn out until we've played through year one. But I really like the idea that we've managed to put together. Um, it sounds like, Liam, I'm far more confident in this format than you are. Um, 
I've I've been toying with it for a while. I think it's fantastic. I love the idea of a you know a dynasty relegation league. Um, it, it's going to be pretty wild. Um, but let's let's just say fingers crossed that we make it through the first year because it'll be a bit disappointed if it's a dynasty list league and we get relegated. Yeah, um, I mean, if if we do get through the first year, we're definitely going to have to have it as a uh, dynasty format of the month podcast and talk (laughs) all the way through that. Definitely. But but thank you very much for joining us, Tom. It's been fantastic having you on. Um, In all seriousness, guys, if you're not, you know, reading and using Tom's content, uh, it is very useful. I I tried to use it in my Scott Fishbowl draft. I'll be honest, I didn't get the stacks I wanted. Um, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to use it in my FFCC and, and Warrior Bowl and, and Scott Rain Bowl. There's uh, all these drafts that are coming up over the next week. So go and check out Tom's work. It's been fantastic having you on, Tom, and we will see you again next week. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.